if shafts are so important, why would you outsource them? But do you change the oil on your own car? I have an electric car, so okay. Everybody and thanks for watching. This is episode number 86 of No Putts Given. I'm Miranda. I'm here with Harry, Tony, and Chris, but we've also got a special guest this week. Mark Crossfield is joining us from across the pond. Mark, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you've got 346,000 YouTube subscribers. Have you looked at that number recently? Does it change a lot? I haven't actually. No, it, it does tend to keep changing. Yeah, but I, I tend not to. I'm not an avid uh, subscriber counter. I never kind of have been, to be fair. Now, how many of those are haters? 345k, probably? <laughs> yeah, I have no it's idea. A, it's the same you know, as I, us, really. <laughs> I, I have a pretty good audience, to be fair. They're, they're, they're a pretty good bunch. There's, 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 there's some wise and fun ones in there. All right. Well, Mark, I thought since we had you on, um, we'd ask our readers what they wanted to know from you. So we're going to do some reader questions today. Okay. I picked the best ones. I think some fun ones. So you've been doing this for about 10 years, right? A decade. Yeah. 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 I think it is about that time. Maybe a, a bit more, but yes. So Johnny Millar wants to, uh, Johnny, I read Ryan and said, Johnny, I'm going to start that over. You read Ryan and said, Johnny? <laughs> Frankly, that's not even close. <laughs> it's been one of those days, let me tell you. Chris, will you please send him a customized head cover? Head cover. Head cover. I got one ready. I had one ready. Mispronounce your name, you get a head cover. <laughs> so Ryan wants to know, uh, Mark, is the YouTube golf world better or worse than 10 years ago? Ooh. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know if it's better or worse, really. It depends. I mean, there's more options now there's more content for the user so that's only a good thing and you could argue there's definitely more voices there's more variations on content which is good because youtube is an amazing platform of growth it's it's different to how it was because obviously i mean when i started there was three years of non-paid youtube you didn't get paid to do videos there was no monetized feature um, that's obviously changed massively now. It's part of my business. It's people do it going into YouTube, trying to make it their business. So I think one of the biggest things that maybe has changed would be that if you do put money in front of people like that, it, it changes the agenda of what they want to do or how they deliver the content. So that's probably the the biggest thing that I've seen change. Now, if that's better or worse, that's that's up to debate. I mean, I would argue, like I like the fact that it's monetized, but I think it does very muddy the water on the quality of content that comes out of the platform. Now, I don't mean the quality of production, because I would say that's going up and has done as technology as, you know, my first videos were four by three ratio. Like <laughs> that's so when I look at my first one, it's hilarious. They're right. not even in HD because you you just couldn't buy a HD camera in those days. You would have spent 15 grand on a camera. So when I begun and at the beginning, I would say the voices were more built around it was more indie rather than the Spice Girls, if you like. Is that a good analogy? Does that make sense? It was more. Uh, that's my world, man. I love the analogies. I'm, good, I'm with yeah. it. <laughs> so did you just call YouTubers Posh Spice? Did you basically just say. Yeah, along yeah. those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I would say the analogy is more that the Spice Girls went into it with a manager who was very smart and it was a business decision. They, yeah. they were built around hitting financial 
goals which they far exceeded and i'm also a fan of the spice girls and what they did so i'm not trying to put them down um but you understand now what i'm saying they are it's kind of manufactured though right like it, it isn't kind of manufactured it is manufactured right. it is 100 percent manufactured they were brought together they were auditioned they were they were it was, well, there was a buzz. let me push back on this or, or get your perspective on something as you yeah. say this because i'm thinking right whether it's YouTube, whether it's Google, whatever, right? Anytime where you're sort of relying on on essentially an algorithm to determine what is or is not good content, you sort of everything becomes very cookie cutter because it has to fit into this mold of what of Correct. what the machine is looking for. And so what frustrates me, and you know, we're not big in the video space, and so I'm curious if, if you run into this as well on, on YouTube, but the results sort of very often ignore expertise. They ignore knowledge in favor yeah. of what fits so, within this, you know, kind of yeah. structure we're uh, looking for. Th and so this was I enough, do wonder yeah. if, if users sometimes get bad info or not the best info they can get and instead are just sort of, you know, getting what best fits an algorithm regardless of actual so, knowledge. 100%. So you, you've just said, I say this to people I'm close to constantly, and it is one of the things that's maybe not changed, but certainly is really massaged now. And I do, I don't fear because I'm happy, but I do think the user gets lost and easily confused and sold to um, because you've nailed it there. So the analogy for that for me is you coming for a goal lesson and you telling me what's wrong like you might think you know what's wrong and we can test that but if i can prove to you that something else is wrong and that's what's costing you shots are we going to have a fight about this or are you going to do what i say and in my if you come to my lesson t you do what i say or you just go like i'm not wasting my time if you want to waste your time working on something that isn't the problem and if the user is just dictating what is good in inverted commas or bad then god help us in the golf world and that's kind of what's happening on youtube at the minute that's why the people have got no desire to make anyone better they just want to hit the algorithm and then the user is then driving that algorithm so in effect they're kind of destroying their own chance of getting good information it's sad to see I personally see that as sad. I never went into doing what I do with that mentality and I still don't do it today. I, How do you avoid it? The videos I make are so much more around my experience of what people need to, to learn and understand to get better. It's not driven by the algorithm. It's just not. I would imagine having a head start has given you a little bit more freedom to, to keep doing the kind of content or keep making the kind of content you want to make. Yeah, I, I would guess it has to a certain extent, definitely. But again, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't work in Costco or Sainsbury's because it doesn't interest me. Um, that's what I like. If I have to make videos for the algorithm, I would get a, pro a different job. I, I, I would just I, I'm not interested in that. And any of like for all of you who are creative, like it, for me, as someone who's trying to create a story, a narrative, trying to drive things that I learn and sharing with them, if I'm not interested in it, then I'm just not doing it. You ask anyone who's filmed with me when I blatant, they ask me to do something I'm not interested in. You don't like it ends pretty quick. Like, I've done stuff with Titleist. I've done stuff with other brands, and they like say, "Can you do this?" And I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> it's so bad, and you can see it frustrates them. And I just think I just not. I'm not. I don't, I'd rather get a job than do that. Just, <laughs> not that I don't have a job, obviously. <laughs>
I do think you have to be very careful on what you're listening to on YouTube if you do want good advice. But, you know, yeah. entertainment, there's plenty there. But I mean, amongst my peers, I'm not like proud that I'm on YouTube with whatever amount of subscribers or 346k. Views. Yeah, yeah. Roughly, I'm more roughly. I'm more yeah, I'm more proud of the content that I make. And I would rather stand in front of my peers and have a conversation about a video I've done recently where I've tried to find MOI. It's hilarious. An algorithm I mean can decide what's good or bad advice. Well I'm gonna do a video on can you find MOI? I, I, it's very hard to find any factual information out there about if you can find MOI in a club. So I've had to do it myself. But this algorithm is going to decide if I'm right or wrong or if my audience or an audience should listen to it or not. That's hilarious if you think about it. Isn't it? <laughs> That's one word for it. It's like a doctor giving <laughs> medical advice based on yeah. what their patients want to hear. That doesn't work. <laughs> exactly. what's, more, what's more popular? Is what's more right. popular? I'm going to just keep giving them that regardless if they've got this, that, or the other. Yeah, this oh, doctor God. over here says eight pints of ice cream a day is totally fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going and to that guy. Goes, oh, I love that. I'm going, going to you went looking doctor. for that doctor, yeah, too. Yeah, I'm going to Dr. McRocky Road or whoever that dude is. I remember years ago doing something with Luke Donald, and I think he was either world number one or he was just the year after. He was close to where I was world number one. So he was, you know, pretty hot property. And I did some challenges and what with him. I, I gave YouTube Luke Donald. They didn't pay. They didn't care. Like the video did okay, but it didn't do great. And I remember saying to him, I gave YouTube Luke Donald and no one... Like YouTube just didn't care because that video wasn't either titled correctly. Or well, it's it all to do with clickbait. Exactly. It's all yeah. clickbait stuff. Exactly. So it was like, this is ridiculous if you think about it. Like I, I, like I could have an interview with like an alien who plays golf. <laughs> like I would change civilization because I discover <laughs> alien life. This is and Harry's I... two worlds colliding, <laughs> alien <Yeah>. golfers. <laughs> but, but you see what I mean? If, and if I don't call that the correct thing or if I don't, put the right thumbnail on, no one will watch it because the algorithm right. will just lose it. And, and you have I've the number one player in the world talking about golf or technique or something like yeah, anybody yeah. would want to but, hear but that. But the font like, was wrong in the thumbnail. But, yep, yeah. Yep, <laughs> yeah. Yep. but again, I mean, there's some great parts to YouTube as well. It's not all bad, but it's definitely muddy and it's it's funny. I, I, I think it's quite, sometimes quite funny what people are rating the content on. I did a clip I posted on Facebook. It's quite a nice little animation just explaining what bounce on a wedge is and explaining how it could be used or not, but no definites. It was just like bounces on wedges. And if you do X or you do Y, you might find some different, um, you know, strike patterns with your wedge. And someone posted, Podrick Harrington said on his YouTube video, I'm sure, that bounce is the most overrated term in golf instruction. Um, regardless if that is true or not, Bounce is on a wedge. You can't ignore it. It's on every it's club. It's still there. It's just there. So I just read that comment and thought, and, and in the comment, the person did the classic thing. He said, well, that guy's like X-time major champion winner, so I think I'll take his advice. And I just thought, yeah, well. Then what are you doing here in the first place? No, but at the end of the day, you're not an X amount of major winner. You cannot do the stuff that he does. So period. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that he uses the bounce and his, I, I don't know his relationships financially, but I, I'm pretty sure he uses Vokey wedges as a guess. And like, I just wanted to think like, 
well, if there's one company who want to talk about bounce constantly, it's Titleist. <laughs> yeah. Like this, just everything about it was just comedy. Like it was, I just thought, yeah, yeah. they're lost. They're yeah. lost. Like what, what do I do there? Because if I try and help, it'll just come across as aggressive or nasty. So I just think, well, okay. I just responded to him. Bounces on every club, like you. <laughs> I don't care. Well, just there. Let me know when you find one of those wedges without bounce. Like yeah, we can yeah. test those. Or, or a golf club. <laughs> every golf club has bounce. It might have negative or positive bounce if you think about it. It's just the right. angle that I'm pointing out. That's all it is. So I've got another right. reader question that actually plays on exactly what you're talking about. John Weir wants to know how much of an impact do you think your equipment reviews have on consumer choices? Or even if you want to go even further, what what impact do our reviews have on consumer choices? Do you think you, you have an impact? Uh, yeah, that's a really good question. I, I hope I don't have a, a big impact personally. I hope I give them information that allows them to go and ask questions when they go for their fit that makes them feel like they're not silly or allows them to ask questions that might help them pick a club that's better for them. So sometimes I do think maybe I have too much influence mm -hmm. and I don't like that. I don't like I walk through airports and the security guard stops me and says, what's the best driver at the minute? <laughs> I think, oh my God, really? You want me to answer that question? Like, how am I answering that? I, I, like, you're just a security guard. I don't know what your handicap is, how often you play, what shot you hit. Like, the fact that you can ask me that question makes me think, oh, my video's having maybe too much influence on this person because that's not the right question to ask. The tough thing about it is the consumer wants to know what it is. They want it black and white. Yeah, they don't want to. They don't want to have to figure yeah. it out themselves. Um, yeah. So the biggest idea about what we do here is we just give you the recommendations and then you go out and figure out on your, on your own. We give you the best equipment based on our data that we've tested. And you have to figure out how that data applies to you. Yeah, because the top three or top five might not be the best one for you. You have to try and figure it out. But we're trying to narrow it down for that everyday consumer. And that's from the sounds of what, what you're trying to do. You're just saying hey, this might help this kind of golfer, this might help that kind of golfer. Yeah, a little bit. And the other thing as well is I'm trying to add a level of practical ideas to the terms that constantly get thrown at you to sell you this club. So the manufacturer says this slot does great or that the MOI is increased. Speed. And this, and I then will say, well, yeah, the MOI might have increased, but if I can increase this MOI by, let's say, X percent, that won't actually show in a in a shot like you won't see that won't come out in a shot you would need to hit 2000 shots for that to show a tiny difference and in a year if you're playing a lot of golf i, I can't remember what the number is i'm probably getting this wrong now but i worked out you probably in 1200 drives in a whole year and you have to hit 2000 shots for this moi to possibly show itself from its two percent increase from last year's model so what i originally used to say is i'm kind of like a layer between the manufacturer and the consumer i just there was no one in there when i started the only layer that was there was the magazines and they were the manufacturer basically so we know that all too well yeah by proxy yeah they were paid puppets and kind of still are if yeah. i'm allowed to say that um it's no putts given mark you can say i was gonna anything say you're you talking like yeah. no putts yeah. given you're allowed yeah. to say it <laughs> 
You can even use curse words if you want. No way. Do it. Drop a couple. Uh, no way. I wouldn't dare. It just it wouldn't be right. You Would could slip in some of the British curse words that we don't really realize are no, curse words. No, because they're really, they're really bad. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no sneaky ones? I thought there were. No, no they're more blatant and blunt and up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm sure I do have an influence, but hopefully the main influence is I, um, the message has been the start since the same since I started go and get tested go and try it for yourself I can tell you how it performs for me and I can tell you some ideas of what it can and can't do within the realms of certain deliveries but it nothing's going to beat you going and testing it yourself so every club that you test is all fitted to your specs correct correct yeah. have you ever done a test like we do here when it's all stock shaft because at least 90 percent of the of the golf and public just buy straight off the rack and hey they look good i'll buy those well i'm a stock shaft guy i i've never really unstocked a shaft ever <laughs> on any of the models i've tested or used what about lie angle uh lie angle i would use the neck at best but on on iron the lie angle is yeah, adjusted yeah. so tailor made will just hook. i mean i've seen videos i've had people send me videos of people hooking tailor made irons going oh it's so hooky this one uh TaylorMade are always upright, and that is like you're delivering them at like three degrees toe up because you can see it on the monitor. They're like messaged me a DM and said, "Look what this person's saying. They're hooking it." Uh, don't think that reviewer understands lie, but you know the algorithm <laughs> doesn't care about that, does it? Does not. <laughs> it does not. Maybe uh, maybe I've got a video idea for you, and I don't know if you've done it before, but you could go and debunk all of the wrong things that you're finding on other YouTube channels. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the recipe for disaster. Isn't it? <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would keep you busy for a while. But the thing is, the thing is that's funny with that comment or that idea because I, I, I have actually thought of ideas. I like bet that, is that is that you don't you become very unpopular if you tell golfers that what they have been told mm. or believe mm. isn't right. That's a hard thing to do, and it's something I've always enjoyed doing. Like if I know something, I don't just go oh yeah no do keep your head down that's fine because i can't be bothered to tell you that it's ridiculous i will say like no no that's pointless for you to do that yeah you um, should you should see what happens when you tell golfers that that soft golf balls are slower <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah nothing good comes from that. i say i say it to my family sometimes i say like you know, it's a bit it's, it's the jack nicholson isn't it it's like you don't want the truth it's that like, i literally could put that like you that, can't handle that. the truth yeah exactly golfers don't like it's always that and that state oh this is the shaft for me well why do people think there's one shaft like why can't hold there on, be 20 hold on. shafts you're getting here I've, I've <laughs> oh, have i jumped ahead i feel like you guys have been warming up for a debate here harry's been salivating for a week <laughs> there we go you have famously said that shafts don't matter and i think here and there we've probably subtly shaded you for it because i think every single person on the my golf spy end of this panel would disagree with you am i right guys yeah, yeah. But you've misquoted me there. You've misquoted me there. Well, and that's always it, uh, right? Like, what did I, what did Mark actually say? Okay, that, but, well, correct me then. I don't want to misquote you. Can I give Mark my present first or no? <laughs> well, hold this on. Is, hold on. Okay, I'll let's, wait. let's get I'll it. Wait. So, <laughs> is it a Japanese head cover? <laughs> yeah, I got, I got gifts. Mark, tell us what you actually said so that we can set up sides of this debate here. Okay, so I've done a few videos on golf shafts 
based around the myths that people get lost in in golf shafts. Uh, and they're based on studies done by independents. They're not my information because I'm not clever enough to do those studies. I just do the, the test in inverted commas on camera just to try and make the study play out. And the actual videos that are out there, there's one that will tell you that shaft flex doesn't matter. And it actually goes on to state it makes a minimal difference unless you take it to extremes. So you have to be like a super slow swinger to a super fast swinger. And the biggest variable is the human. So what happens if you give different flexes of shafts to people? This independent test that I saw, they blacked out shafts, basically. When they blacked out shafts, they all liked the regular light one. And when they gave them the shafts and told them what was on them, they all liked the, st <laughs> the stiff, heavy one. It was based around a study along those parts. Well, it's the ego that comes into play right. as well. So right. it's actually, it's not that shafts don't matter. The actual videos, well, there's a few of them, is on that shaft flex doesn't matter all right and then, guys. It, and then the and the precursor around that was then it actually well it can matter if you take it to real extremes and it matters to the individual so if i pull on a shaft and i just don't like the feel of it then that matters but it's not the flex of it that's doing that it's your perception of what it's doing unless you're mm -hmm. at the either end of the pole so for me for instance i'm like a 120 swing i a huge difference when i have a hot um a light regular flex to uh, a heavier x so what that will be due due to which i spoke to the guy there's a great video of me in the enzo room in arizona with ping and i show them this video and they kind of like scratch their heads and go that's that that seems weird and i say to them that they have seen this this study was done by the rna basically they've got no horse in the race the RNA don't care. They just want to make sure that nothing gives you an advantage. That's all they're testing. Anyway, in the Enzo room and um, Eric, who works at Ping, gave me two very opposing shafts and he put me on Enzo and they were literally millimeter to millimeter exactly the same. And you should watch the video because you could see his face. His face is hilarious because he's looking at it going, how has he done that? Like that is for those extremes. That is insane because Enzo is so um, sensitive. You know, it's industry standard for measuring that kind of stuff. He then went on to say, and Paul Wood said, it's more to do rather than flex with how the person offends the shaft, for want of a better word. That's the term they use. So you take someone like Lee Westwood, who wears the grip out on his, the thumb marks on his grips. He offends that shaft so hard. Yeah, he, he loads down it. On it. That's not related to speed. That's not related to speed. That's related to many other aspects that are building on how he offends and lines up that shaft. It can loosely be related to speed, but it's not related to speed on its own. You can have slow swingers and really fast swingers who offend the shaft in very different ways. So what the sh the video actually goes on, which is where it's always funny because it's always misquoted, which I actually quite enjoy because it just shows that people haven't really listened properly. You don't say. No, 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 no effects, Miranda, obviously. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> they loaded you that question. I know that. It, the video then, go it basically goes on to say that, that it's, it's the human's reaction to that shaft that is the biggest player. Shaft flex is a very generic oh, model there, there, it's there a are terrible patterns. term yeah there yeah. are patterns yeah but those patterns were developed by the companies to sell you product right. like 
the ball information before you guys started digging really deep in the balls. The ball information, you know, imagine before launch monitors, they were trying to sell products on stopping, spin, launch, height, speeds. You know, they're terms that people are struggling with. How can we put them in boxes where people will buy a box of balls? That's what they're not determined around what's better for golfers. They're determined around marketing companies being given a task. And how do they solve that task? Sell our product to more people. So, Tony, what do you think about what Marcus said on shafts? Because if we're all about to agree, I set up a really crappy debate. <laughs> it's interesting. I don't I don't think he's wrong entirely. It is. I mean, Sasha, well, Sasha McKenzie's done some interesting work on this as well. And yeah, I've seen those. Yeah. What he finds is you have a situation where some golfers react to a shaft more so than others. And yeah. so you, you'll have situations where, you know, if you want to use X and regular, you'll have golfers that will swing those very differently because they're, they are reacting to the way that shaft bends for them. Um, and you have others who will sort of adapt to what they're feeling and effectively swing them both nearly identically. So it's like anything else in golf, it is very golfer dependent. And so I'm not surprised. Like I've seen Mark's enough of Mark's swings where I would, I would classify kind of what he does in the golf swing with the way he loads the shaft, things like that. I would, I would say it's very sort of middle of the bell curve in how he does things, which is why, you know, yeah. the, the, the stock shafts typically work pretty well for him. That makes sense to me. Whereas Harry, you know, we've seen the data foresight where you, you go from a stock shaft to a stiffer, lower torque profile and you'll see a dramatic shift in his numbers immediately. And you, again, you could give those same two shafts to Mark and he may see next to nothing. Yeah, the interesting thing I, I would love to see about yours, Mark, is your dynamic loft and your launch. Are they pretty similar with, say, a 45 gram um, yeah. senior flex yeah. to an extra stiff? Yeah. Is it all, it's all pretty the same uh, dynamic loft and launch? Yeah. See, for me, it's... I'm hitting myself in the face with a 45 degree senior flex. It's launching so, so, stupid. So shafts are really simple. Shafts are really simple if you think about it. They're overcomplicated because the more shaft is overcomplicated, I think the easier it is to sell if to sell it to a male ego-based audience. It's 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 selling them the upgraded wheels on a car that they don't actually need, but like they're selling them that it'll get naught to 60 in 0.2 more of a second if you have these wheels with X aerodynamics. Um, that's what the shaft world is predominantly about. And you see it in threads of people, you know, what shaft's best for this club and what shaft's best that. And I just think, I literally go, what's your handicap, bruh? Like, like, oh, 16. Oh God, God help me. Some of the stuff you see, like you said, it's over, it's been overcomplicated. There's no, it has to be. There's you, no magic in a shaft, right? And what so, company, sim what company simplified it? What company simplified the shaft? Come on, you guys let's aren't give old us enough. Multiple choice. Hold on. No, there's one, and they're famous for it, and it's legendary that they did it, and it's it's built around their engineering brilliance. I was gonna say you could go back to rifle, ping, I twos came with one That's shaft, right. full stop. Right. They went. Here's a spreadsheet, right? And us buying shafts off other manufacturers, different lofts is ridiculous. Our tests show 
Carsten did tests that showed heavier, stiffer shafts. People felt the face more head. They delivered the club better. He put heavy, stiff shafts in every ping I too. One of the best-selling irons of all time. It was a different era though, right? I mean, the manufacturing it, wasn't what it was. It, no, it's a different era of marketing. That's, well, that's, <laughs> that's a what fact. Yours, I agree with what you're saying there, but it's a different era of marketing. And materials and processes though, right? Work this one out. I always like this one for the people who want to go down the shaft rabbit hole. If shafts are so important, why would you outsource them? These companies spend millions on R&D, manufacture. They move the CG around to their head every week. They're changing the MOI. They're putting a weight here. They're 3D printing a putter. They're doing everything because they spend millions in R&D. Yet, the mo the engine of the club, they just go and buy batches of them from another well, company. It's ridiculous. That's expertise, though, Mark. I mean, you could say the same thing about an airplane, right? You trying to tell me they haven't got the expertise <laughs> to develop a shaft? Come on. This is the debate that I was looking for. Here we go. Give me two minutes. It's the same reason, Mark, that you don't change the oil on your own car because you're probably not very good at it or you don't have the correct materials. You build clubs and spend millions on R&D, but you have no control over the shaft, which is the most important part. Think about an airplane. Boeing, do Boeing doesn't manufacture every part. In let me say, let me make my second point. <laughs> Back to your boys at Ping, which reinvented, et cetera, and they will tell you to a person, they've worked to co-engineer their tour level shafts with UST Mamiya, right? Because they have more capability to pull off what Ping wants them to do in order to build a cohesive unit, right? We are now talking about business structures, which is comedy. I thought we were talking about what's the best club. But do you change the oil on your own car? I have an electric car, so your okay. question is- <laughs> are, you an, are you an electrician? Son of a bitch. Second question, if you had to re-roof your house, would yeah. you do that yourself or would you outsource it? I would outsource that. Right, because somebody else has more capability, better product, know-how, et cetera, right? If I had a house construction company and I didn't have roofers that I was pinning down on price or my own team, I would restructure my business. Come on, guys. Chris, this might be the first time you've been pinned on an analogy. <laughs> it boils down to the persons. Tony said earlier, and it, it just, what my video said five or six or eight years ago, it boils down to the human being if we if we keep trying to categorize human beings it just doesn't work because humans are messy full stop they're just messy and when you try and apply science to mess you get people who don't want to take the vaccine and then you get people who do want to take the vaccine and it's <laughs> just uh, a complete no mess. Yeah. <laughs> no, this, this is the only thing forbidden on no putts given. <laughs> so to clarify though, I think, so Mark, here's where I agree with you. One, and here's the part of the shaft industry why I think Tony and I get frustrated with it or why I certainly get frustrated with it quite a bit is on one hand, at the end of the day, when they're trying to find a stock shaft, uh, you could look at what, you know, what TaylorMade did with the Ventus line, they're going with the absolute lowest bidder that can do the highest volume of what they want in order to maximize their profits, right? Yeah, there's always a bit of, uh, there's always a business decision in there. That being said, I don't know that it's fair to suggest that a company that spends 30, 40, 50 million dollars in R&D saying, hey, they could be really, really good at certain things. That's assuming that every single company 
has the capability to be the absolute industry best in every component and every element of a particular golf club. I mean, could Ping make their own grips? Sure. They did. I'm sure they could, right? They did. Right. But do they still? No, because it's a Why business not? decision. Well, I, I mean, po point of fact, Mark, nobody makes their own heads, right? Right. There's, there's nobody yeah, well, who owns a factory. Right. Well, it's all <laughs> outsourced. That's where I was going to go is it's all outsourced. That's debatable as well if you actually look at the line. So, no, I'm not saying they're not. They come from China, no, not I know from that. Ping. I know that. But the level of machinery that there's used in those factories is controlled. By who? as in the companies who design it. I've seen the process through three different companies. We make this machine. We make sure our factory has this machine to produce this head. Otherwise we don't buy from that factory, so on and so forth. Um, so yes, it's outsourced for mass production. Like everything is, I agree, but it's controlled at certain points as well, as in their in-house control. They're over there making sure the process is going through the stages they need it to go through for it to reach their quality standards. At the end of the day as well, what I always think is quite funny with this, which we also really giggle with, if, let's say, Sharflex makes very little difference, or let's use a phrase that everyone says, if, if Sharf doesn't matter, let's pretend I did actually say Sharf doesn't matter, okay, which is fine. <laughs> We're going to be using that one quote. <laughs> I know, I'm never going to live this down. <laughs> listen, listen to the point. This is what's so funny, is why are we even talking about it? Because I don't care. Because you can tell me that you bought this 700 pound shaft and I'm just going to go, cool, because hit some shots and I'll measure it. And, and then you're going to hit a regular shaft and you're going to tell me this is rubbish, this shaft, I can't hit that. And I'm going to go, cool, we'll put a different one in there because I don't care which one you put in there. As long as when you hit the ball, we get the numbers that we need to get you the best um, ball flights and the most repeatable shot. Yeah. At the end of the day. I don't care. Like you can use a million pound shaft. You can use a one pound shaft. I literally don't care. As long as when you hit that ball, the numbers that are coming out are the best for you. I'm just going to put my thumbs up. So that's what I think is so funny with it. It's one of yeah. those debates that I'm actually not in. And I'm always <laughs> in because I don't really care. Do whatever you want, bruh. I literally don't give a rat. <laughs> as long as if you say to me, why am I hooking this shot? And we can quantify that it's because of the way you offend or use or feel on a shaft, then I care. We'll try a right. different one. So it only matters when it matters. Right? Yeah, so it only matters if, it, if you get the numbers <laughs> right. <laughs> it matters more online in forums than it actually matters. That's the thing that I think is the most funny thing. It matters more than people will give it credence to. I do some a podcast with Scott Fawcett and he gets dragged into these things and we talk like how... Doesn't he love to get dragged into those? Yeah, he's working on that. I've <laughs> he, he, he's trying to not care. I'm working. Good luck. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Hey, 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 Mark. As long as we're gonna saddle you with the uh, the shaft, doesn't matter. What about angles? Do do angles matter? Angle smangles. <laughs> <laughs> angles matter if you hit them by variance, but to try and to try and find them is a silly strategy. Well, I want to build a house with you, Mark. I want to build a house with you. <laughs> and what I'm going to do, we'll build houses next to each other. And I will be the GM and I'll outsource all the different things that I want to outsource. And you do your process and see how it goes. And we'll see what our houses look like <laughs> yeah. at the end. And yeah. yeah, the other the other <laughs> interesting one with the shaft as well. What was the other company that went massive using one shaft right at their early stage? And they made metal drivers and they used one shaft. It was called the unisex shaft. Callaway. Yeah. 
all the Callaway Big Bertha stuff or Uniflex, they called it. Uniflex. I like it. I like unisex. I think I that's... was I was very confused for a second. But... Yeah, Uniflex. They called it Uniflex. I thought you were going to bring so, up Nunchuck for a second. They literally <laughs> just just they put in a standard shaft into every club. That and that was when that company went massive. The, the biggest thing that's changed now, I think, is people's ideas of what they're meant to get out of a club. Yeah, you know, they do want every tiny bit fit. And like, I, I remember when I first started doing YouTube, I used to get people coming for fits because obviously I do reviews, and I've told this story loads on different things. But they would—I had a guy come from Germany to Exeter for a custom fit. He was like sixteen down. He was like. 17 Whoa. across and his face was just massive open to the bar. Just got to fix that with a chef, Mark. <laughs> but he knew, he knew every shaft on my rack. He was one of them. Like he knew I want to try the d -d 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 one. And I looked at it and thought, like, he's just remember like, why? That's just the blue one in my head. Like <laughs> this guy. And, I, and from that day on, I, we, I stopped it. I never did. I told people when they booked in, it was a lesson. And if you want me to look at your clubs, I'll look at them, but it's part of the lesson. If I can make you better by changing your shaft, I'll change it. If I can make you better by changing the loft, I'll change it. If I can make you better by changing your grip, I'll change it. And that's one of the things why I did club reviews and still enjoy understanding the tech in clubs, because I think the divide between uh, teacher and fitter is ridiculous that it's there. I, mm -hmm. I actually don't like it. I think it's crazy. I think that's a pretty good philosophy, actually. Why would I choose to ignore a tool that might make you better? That's not a right. coach, is it? It's ridiculous. It's it's like a a fitness expert telling you to go and have McDonald's all the time, or I don't know, maybe have McDonald's. That's Chris's guy right there. Mark. I love it. Where is that guy? <laughs> yeah, where's the doctor? That person <laughs> over there. Yeah. Yes. So that's the, the end of the day. We always giggle about it. It's a bit of a trick. Like I don't care what shaft you use. I literally don't care. So like I get dragged in, and I just think this is funny. I'm sorry point, to drag you in. But my point is so clear that I don't really care. So why are you asking me? Because it you can use whichever. You tell me which one you want to use. And that's fine. All right. To close out today, Mark, first of all, thank you for being with us. I, um, I'm going to leave you with a, a laugh if I'm, I hope. Okay. I've got a reader question that I was going to ask and decided not to. But Stuart Carter Smith asked, does he enjoy being referred to as the grandfather of YouTube? And he puts, and I'm older than him. So we'll close it out. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I don't know, really. I've only, I, I didn't really know I was referred to that much. I've kind uh, well, of heard that According to Stuart, phrase. you can call yeah, him yeah. out on this one. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I'm happy with that. I don't mind. Um, I've been doing it a long time. Yeah, uh, I guess I, that doesn't bother me at okay. all. I'm, I'm happy to be called that if that's what people want to call me. <laughs> Stuart can sleep easy been called tonight. worse. Yeah, yeah, I've been called a lot, lot worse. The quote's, the quote's going to be Crossfield. I don't give a f <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Use whatever shaft you want. Whatever. Just make sure, Matt, that when we format that, we, we do it for the algorithm. We get that. <laughs> yep. exactly. right. Use the right font. Use the correct font. <laughs> All right, Mark. So what's the correct al algorithm to end the show? How does it work? What do you do? Oh, I have no idea. I don't. I literally don't play that game. I just, as long as we all have fun, I'm happy. All right, you know, cool. Have fun. Work. It was a good chat, work. wasn't it? That'll never, that'll never work. Yeah, that'll never work.